0: Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at Calvarychapelubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. Guys, in 2 Timothy, as Paul is writing to Timothy, chapter 3, verse 16, Paul writes, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That's what Paul writes. Now, a lot of us go, Pastor Ben, I'm not sure what it means. As a matter of fact, if you're in discipleship class, this is going to be probably one of your memory verses. But let me read it to you the way the Peterson paraphrase says it. It's a little bit different, and it, and it reads like this. Every part of Scripture is God-breathed. Every part, from Genesis to Revelation, it's God-breathed, it's useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. That's what the Word of God does. When we come to Revelation 16, despite the hopelessness found in this portion of Scripture, we must remember as believers that all Scripture is God-breathed. All Scripture is given in, is, is, is given by inspiration from God and it's profitable to us. Can I get an amen? We have to remember that because when we read 16, we wow, I find hope because my God knows the beginning from the end. And what he wants to do is he wants to warn people everywhere to repent. That's what he wants to do. And we have in this church spent the last several months talking about about the judgment of God on a world that has rejected him. Guys, think about this for just a moment. The world is going to say no to God. Okay, the Christian is out of here, but the world is going to reject him, and he is going to, again, he's going to pour out his judgment on them. However, in looking from Revelation chapter 1 all the way to 16, guys, we have seen his grace and mercy within those judgments. You go, whoa, 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 time out, Pastor Ben. How's, are you, what do you mean? Well, think about this, okay? Think about this, guys. We know that there's going to be a seven year tribulation, okay? First three and a half years are going to be called the tribulation. The last half is going to be the great tribulation. And we have worked through all of this stuff. But let me just say this The reason that we see God's grace and mercy is because, think about this if God wanted to wipe out the world, he could do it just like that. Can we agree? So why would he take seven years to do this? Because he is, he's pouring out his grace and his mercy, actually pouring out his heart, bidding people to repent. You see, in John chapter 3, verse 16, when he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, God's not sitting there going, well, okay, that's it, you're going to be, he's wanting people to come to heaven. He's wanting people to repent, to turn their eyes upon him. They're wanting people to, to, to be filled, to have a life of peace and joy. That's what he's wanting. And yet the enemy comes in your life and he says, Hey, hey, no, 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 no. God's holding out on you. God's you'll send, If God really loved you, isn't that the key? If God was love, you would... God's going, no, no, no. I sent my son so that we could be reconciled. We were at war, don't you understand? I sent my son so that we could be reconciled. You could live with me forever. I go, amen, amen. But what God does, guys, he's so beautiful and so amazing. What he does is he allows his righteous judgments. That's key. Righteous judgments, They what they do, they come in sequential order of intensity, bringing each man to a saving knowledge of him. That's what he's doing. And you're looking at me going, okay, Ben, that's cool, that's the future, that's revelation. But what about us? Ben, what about us? Well listen, the book we have in front of us, guys, is for us to learn and to wake up and to repent. That's what it's for. Why? Well, because I I don't wanna I don't have to go through hell and die for our faith because he's telling us even now we can live for him and be with him forever. You go, wow. Now, think about this quote. I think Josh is going to have it up there. See, when it comes to heaven, guys, heaven is not a place for those who fear hell. It's a place for those who love God. And that's the whole point. The whole point, there's a lot of people in this day and age, and you'll meet them, And bless their heart, they're awesome. They're great people. But they're so tired of the world and all of its systems and the ugliness of the world. They're so frustrated with earth that they say, I want to go to heaven. But but think about it. Heaven is not a place for those who go, oh, I don't want to go to hell. It's for a place who love God. And so our vision at Calvary Chapel, guys, has always been teaching people to love God. Because if you love God, you're going to serve him with all of your heart. You're going to make good choices. You're going to make godly choices. You're going to make righteous choices. And that is the key. Well, if we come to chapter 16, guys, it has, jot this down, seven of the harshest truths about the future we've ever seen. These are the bowls that God will allow to be poured out upon the earth in the form of judgment. This is God's final wrath. And it's going to be quick and it's going to be severe. This is where we are today. Well, chapter 15, if you recall last week, God, what does he do? He closes the courts of heaven. Remember we talked about how smoke filled the heavenly temple and that judgment was ordered. This was it. Now, while chapter 16 is difficult... It's not without purpose. See, this portion of Scripture is meant to warn people of what's to come. You go, what people, Pastor Penn? What what are we talking about? Well, again, it's those who are listening even within range of the sound of my voice. This is the warning. You see, it was a few weeks ago that Josh Flotus came to me and said, Pastor Ben, I really enjoy going through Revelation. I had never heard it before. You see, Josh, he works in our, he, he, he does our AV stuff, but he's listening week by week. And I was so blessed on Sunday because Josh picked out a Bible and I said, Josh, why do you need a Bible? He goes, man, I just, this is, I want one with my notes in it so that I can leave behind for people who are going to let me be left behind. I want them to have something of what's happening. And I was blessed. Why? Because what's happening in Josh's life is that God is transforming slowly in his heart the things that are good. But what about those who, who are not hearing tonight? What about those that are not online? What about those that are not here? Well, what about those that are left behind? Well, here's my prayer, okay? Back in the day, we used to have, we used to have tapes. Do you guys remember tapes? They're cassette tapes. Some of the people don't know what a cassette tape is. They're cassette tapes, okay? Um, a pencil used to be the fixer of a cassette tape. You used to stick it in. We used to have, then we went, then we, then we grew up and we went to CDs and we used to record our, our, all of our, um, teachings on CDs. We don't have that anymore. We record straight into the computer, into podcasts. I pray that that doesn't get blocked because there's people going to be wanting to know what's going on during that time. And so I pray this is a warning that they'll be listening to a podcast at a later date. What about for us, Rosa? What about for us? It's a warning. It's a warning. Why? Because let me say this to you. Remember, not everyone who comes to church is a born-again Christian. You go, Ben, that's Captain Obvious. Yeah, it is, but people think because you go to church that you are a Christian. But we have those that are seeking God. We we have those that are playing church. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? They'll go to church. They'll do the righteous or, or, or what they feel is the righteous thing. They'll do what they've grown up with, but they're not always saved. I can't tell you how many times there will be people that that will come up to me after being years upon years in this church, listening to my teaching, going, I wasn't saved. You explained it in a way. I'm not saved. I got saved today. And, And it'll be like, wow, I would have thought all along they were saved. Can I get an amen on that one? And so we have to realize, we have to realize I'll never forget the story, guys. It was a few years back, several years back. I had taken a uh, class. Um, I'm not sure what kind of class it was at the time. It was a, either a kickboxing or some sort of class. And I remember at the after, I was talking to one of the instructors, and she knew that I had, was a pastor, and she knew that I'd went to church. And she said something like, oh, well, that doesn't pertain to you. You're godly. And then I remember looking at her going, well, how do you know I'm godly? Her response was, well, you go to church. I don't think she knew was a pastor. She just knew I went to church. And I looked at her and I said, not everybody who goes to church is godly. And, it, and it, it stunned her because, again, what do we think? What's the mindset? Well, if you go to church, you must be godly. Well, let's take that a step further, guys. Listen, you and I who love Jesus, who are devoted followers of him, think about this. Okay, look at your life real, real good. You represent him that you represent, this is this is who you represent outside these walls we represent jesus and and we should represent our heavenly father well and, and it's not about, well, if you give your life to the Lord, this is gonna happen, or you have to give up this, or you have to do that, or you have to give up that, and, man, I don't wanna be a Christian cause I get to give up my partying friends. That's not it at all. What it is, is that you represent the Lord, you allow Him to come in and clean yourself up, and watch what He'll do. But it's gotta be a, it's gotta be an internal change, guys. It's gotta be something that's transformed from the inside out. Oh, we can modify our behavior, we do it all the time. We can modify our behavior, but modif- behavior modification, I've always found it doesn't bring lasting change. Because you tend to go back to the old habits, don't you? Oh, I'm going to be better, I'm going to be better, I'm going to be good, okay. And and your old habits are over here going, Hey, hey, come on by, we were asked to have fun. Come on, hey, we got party over here, and you're over here going. No, I'm going to be better. I'm gonna be better. I promise somebody be. Uh. Huh? <laughs> and we find ourselves swayed over this way because we can modify our behavior. But what happens is when Jesus changes your heart, hey, okay, and, and it's a and you're. <laughs> I'm changed. What happened? I don't know. I'm just different. Your old habits are over here going. Hey, you want to come out of here? And you're just like. Mm. Yeah, Now, nah, it, it, that doesn't satisfy. And some of us come running over here for a moment and go, oh, no. Okay, that was not good. Coming back to Jesus. Just because we come to church, guys, doesn't mean we're a Christian. Well, how do I know? How do you act at home when nobody's around? Again, think about this. So what does God do? He comes with this admonition, which is a gentle rebuke. And he says, hey, hey, guys, listen. There's something coming in the future, and it's close. I don't want you to go through that. I don't want you to go through that. Okay? I desire that all people would be saved. Now, you go, Ben. Time out, dude. It's Wednesday night. We're in church. Come on. Wednesday nighters are saved. Then what are you doing with your gifts? Because we need to be telling those who are not saved. We need to be sharing. Because tonight is also a wake-up call. Guys, it's a wake-up call. It's it's okay. For those of us who are ready, we're waiting. We're waiting for Jesus. And when I mean waiting, we're not just going through the, the, the motions, okay? We know that the Lord could come back at any minute, and any minute. So what are we doing? Are we praying for those that we love that are not saved? Are we praying? See, church, listen to me. I'm, I'm going to go off for a second. Be careful of fatalistic theology. Do you know what fatalistic theology is? It means God's going to do whatever he's going to do anyway, so why pray? we got to be careful. Well, God's going to save him. If he's going to save him, he's not. Let's pray. God hears our prayers, and he moves. He moves on our behalf. He sees the sincerity of our heart, and we need to pray. You know why? Because I don't think you'd be here if somebody hadn't prayed for you. Somebody was praying. You don't know. I had a grandma that prayed for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Guys, the book of Jude, verse 21 says, keeping ourselves in the love of God and looking for his mercy of our Lord Jesus unto eternal life. Guys, we need to be telling others. We need to be telling others just keeping ourselves in the love of God. Listen to me, church, there's nothing that breaks my heart more than realizing just the dark days that are ahead of us. And I, and, and, and I can tell you this, and I can see it, I can see it, and we've got to protect ourselves. If you are married, the enemy is coming after your marriage. I'm telling you right now, I have seen in these last few months People who are Christians that have strayed just a little bit and pow. And he hates that I'm up here saying, please protect your marriage. Please protect it. Don't give him an inch. You're not that strong. Well, let me say this to maybe somebody who might be listening after we're gone. Whatever you do, don't take the mark. Please don't take the mark. Follow Jesus with all of your heart. Now you're listening to this, and we're not here, and you're freaking out, and the government, the world government, we know this, is going to impose a mark, a marking system. Don't take the mark. Yeah, but I'll have to die. Follow Jesus. Give your life to the Lord. But I'll, let me do you one better. Today, if you're listening, even, even today, if, if the Christians, if we're still here, man, if you're on the fence, give your life to Jesus today. Do it. Do it. Well, with that as our intro, obviously, let's look at the seven plagues. That's going to come, okay? Let's, you guys ready? These plagues are meant to change the world, okay? Let's, let's talk about the, the releasing of God's wrath. Look at verse 1 with me, guys, on your Bibles. Then I heard a loud voice, John writes, from the temple saying to the seven angels, Go and pour out the bowls of wrath of God on the earth. This is what he says. Let's stop right there, okay? The first thing we need to do is we need to underline bowls because we need to know what it is. And really, it is—it's it's, an—it's un, an uncertain affinity. But what it means is really a a, a broad, shallow cup. You, you understand that, okay? Sometimes we think of a bowl as real deep, and 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 some of you, um, when you go get your cereal bowl in the morning, it's one of those big ones that you can fit the whole bowl in, you know. And you're sitting like that. That's not the kind of bowl he's talking about, okay? It's more of a saucer. And you, well, Ben, why, why, why would you bring that up? Because what he's saying, guys, biblically, is he's going to pour out his wrath very quickly. Very quickly. It's not going to be, well, I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose Joseph, maybe, because Joseph hasn't seen this commercial. He probably wasn't born, but there used to be a commercial in Heinz Ketchup. Do you guys remember that? It used to be on Anticipate. Robert knows. He knows it. And we'd sit there, and for 30 seconds, we're like this, waiting for ketchup. That's not how it's going to be. Now, let me just say something about that commercial. Listen, if I want ketchup, let's pour the ketchup. But I digress because you don't want water, watery ketchup. But it's not going to be, this is God's wrath. It's going to be quick, guys. It's going to be very quick. Um, these last judgments on earth are going to come in rapid succession, one after another, very quickly. Very quickly, like that now here 's what I find interesting. I find interesting that these bold judgments are are really similar to the plagues of of the judgment in egypt now let me let me let me poke your curiosity for a second. Do you guys remember we said? Okay. Nero was nuts, right? Nero was cocoa. He was cuckoo for cocoa puffs. When John wrote this, he wrote it in symbolism and he also wrote it in a way to where the Jews who understand the Old Testament would grasp it. But Nero would, if Nero read this, he would just think John was crazy in the island of Patmos. So most of these, I'm going, wow, these are like a lot of the judgments in the book of Exodus. These are a lot of the judgments like Moses and the plagues. You go, well, like what? Well, in, in Exodus chapter 7, 14 through 25, we see that he turns water into blood. We see that. We see that then frogs covered the land, right? And that's really trippy. Because when Pharaoh, when Pharaoh calls him and says, please get rid of the frogs, Moses is like, okay, so when do you want that? What does he say? Tomorrow. Doesn't that trip you out? Why? Because Pharaoh's like, uh, you know what? Moses comes, when do you want? I want him now, out. Right? I went to pour my Fruit Loops this morning. There was, there was frogs in there. Mm-mm, I want him gone. And then he says in the third one, guys, there was lice and gnats. That was a judgment. Lice and gnats. And then, he, and then we saw the swarming of the flies. Okay? And then we saw all the diseased livestock. Could you imagine? It stunk. We see a lot of this in Revelation. See, some of us, we go, well, listen, okay, listen, after tonight, (laughs) we're going to go get something to eat, and it's going to be great, and we walk into the grocery store, and I'm going to pick up a gallon of milk, it's not a big deal. That's not how it's going to be here. That's not how it's going to be. It should really cause us to be on our face, praying before God for our loved ones, for our family and our friends. And I know that you guys have a burden for that. I know you do. And we're crying out to God, Lord, please save them. Let them see. Let them see. According to Exodus chapter 9, verses 8 through 12, we see that there's going to be boils, boils. You guys saw that? Then it said hail and fire. Then there were locusts and, of course, darkness. And then, of course, last we saw the death of the firstborn. This is all, right? Now, again, we've studied the book of Exodus, but you remember those from the Ten Commandments and Charlton Heston and all of that good stuff, so you, you kind of know this was this was crazy, okay? So they are similar to those plagues in Egypt, but they're also similar to the seven trumpet judgments, but although they're similar, they're different. You go, well, how so? Well, that's a good question. Let me just say this. In Egypt, if you recall, okay, you ready? This go blow your mind. The plagues were local. They would affect the Egyptians, okay? That was it. These trumpet judgments, they're also partial. You go, wait a minute, did we study that? Yeah, remember that each of the trumpet judgments would destroy one-third of the earth? One-third one of the green grass and the trees, one-third of the ocean, one-third of the fresh water, all of this stuff. You're like, yeah, the bold judgments. Guys, this is total judgment. This is going to affect the entire earth. Put on your thinking caps for just a second. I always hate to bring, I hate, I always hate to bring COVID up in, in our teaching, but I do want to remind you, it would always, I was so, so just, I could not, I mean, I could understand where there would be a outbreak here in a certain country or, or maybe there's an outbreak there and a few people. When I saw that this COVID thing, coronavirus was worldwide, worldwide. Israel shutting down its borders. All of these places. That was... Didn't you find that interesting? Every person in the world... And so these judgments are going to be worldwide. Well, what are they? Well, we know they're going to come fast, but let's look at verse 2. You guys ready? So the first went... This is the angel... ...poured out his bowl upon the earth. And a foul and loathsome sore came upon men who had the mark of the beast, and those who worshipped his image. If you take the mark, you are already condemning yourself to hell. The enemy's going to come in and say, and he causes both great and small to take a mark. You cannot buy or you cannot sell. Go in your mind to 2019. You were not restricted about going anywhere in 2019. You were not. You could get on an airplane. You could go in the grocery store. Nobody looked at you funny. 2020 changed the world. But here's what you need to see, guys. Here's what you need to see. Guys, again, think about this. The men who take the mark aren't going to be scot-free till the end of the tribulation. They're not going to be like, okay, well, I get to buy, I get to sell, I get to live life as normal. That's what they're going to sell it as. Convenience, normal, take it. It's going to end up being worse. Do you understand that? Because here's what's going to happen, guys. The first bull is pulled out and this loathsome, grievous sore. You go, what does it mean? If you have a pencil handy, these sores literally are an oozing boil. That's what they are. And a very painful sore on all those who had the mark of the beast. But it also says who worshipped his image. Notice again, those who worshipped his image. And again, we think about that. The people even here, guys, are breaking the second commandment. Why? Because he says, thou shalt not worship any graven image. Thou shalt burst, the first one, you shall have no other gods before me. Here they're worshiping this 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 image of the beast. The bull right here reminds me, guys, of the sixth plague that came upon the Egyptians. Right? Now, here's what I want you to think. This is going to blow your mind. Usually a boil, an oozing boil, is an outward sign of an inward problem. Okay, it's usually an outward sign of something that's happening on the inside. You understand that, okay? What's the problem? What's the problem? Well, according to Scripture, and I'm going to stay Scripture, okay? I'm going to let you do the thinking. The problem is is that their hearts are far from God because they're worshiping the beast, Okay, their worship. Here's here's the problem. Okay, but I wonder, I wonder, Amanda, these judgments, right, could be caused either by natural or supernatural occurrences. You go well, like what? Well, let, for example, what about a nuclear fallout? Okay, something happens. I mean, we have we have this problem, or maybe okay, maybe there is a microchip. That's implanted in the forehead or the back of the hand, just like he says. Maybe there is some sort of microchip that causes these awful, ugly, painful boils. Here's the problem. God didn't tell us exactly what the mark would be. He didn't say, well, it's going to be a microchip. It's going to be an RFID chip. It's going to be this. It's going to be the mark. It's going to be the name. He didn't tell us. And so many theologians and scholars have tried to guess and they tried to thought, you know, this is, this is what it might be. But I think we've had a little bit clearer picture in these last days. Don't you agree? We've had a little bit clearer picture. You go, wait a minute. Could it be? Could it be? And you go, oh, I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, something is inside the person That's causing a physical reaction. Oozing boils. Painful. 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 Notice it says, guys, they came upon the men who had the mark of the beast. This is what it was. Okay? Now, I find it interesting, guys, that taking the mark would seem initially like a logical thing to do this is the logical thing to do okay i want you to write that down somewhere or just think about it cuz this is what this is what how this is how the enemy is going to sell it this is logical it's logical for you to take this it's logical for you to do this. this is how you're going to live well what what's my defense amanda what's my defense i'll tell you what it is going to be it's going to go, hey no 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 I, you can't you don't have a defense cuz the world is changing Everybody's going, the world is changing. Do you want to be an outsider? Now, again, I'm not talking about those who have been left behind, but have given their lives to God during the tribulation. I'm talking about those who have been left behind and still have not repented and given their life to God. But they're not following the beast yet. They're just kind of going, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. Because I come from a world where I used to go to work, I'd get a paycheck, I'd go buy food, I don't understand why I have to have this, oh, you want me to plead allegiance to an image, you want me to, Whoa! wait a minute, wait a minute, I don't know, no, 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 listen, it's logical, it's something you should do, it's something you should do, you're like, what? See, listen, here's here's the rub, here's the skinny of it, right? You can't buy or sell without it, you can't buy or sell, what do you mean? You can't go into the grocery store you can't go buy groceries you can't you have to have this mark well i can't sell anything i can't i can't buy my my newborn formula i can't buy her food i can't buy my seven-year-old granddaughter food are you kidding me guess what's going to happen logically logical is going to give way to i've got to do this in order that they survive but the problem is guys is he says look at this when you take this, you're gonna be, this last judgment is you're gonna be so inflicted with a grievous sore and such a painful affliction. It's just gonna be, you can you'll know. You'll know who have the mark, won't you, won't you, Eva? You'll know because you'll be like you took the mark, didn't you? How are you gonna say no? Your your body's covered with painful sores. Oozing boils. It's like, wow. Now, think about this. Okay? Think about this. When I thought about the boils and all of this grievous sores, I found it interesting because I found it interesting because it's a good picture of the results of sin, is it not? You're like, what? Yeah, They warned us, don't take the mark, don't worship the beast. But the warning is ignored, and it makes so much sense because it seems right. Okay? But here's the thing, right? In our lives, we experience the same things when we disobey God. Uh, Let me say that again. Okay? They have been warned, don't take the... we're, We're warning you right now, don't take the mark, don't take the mark, don't take the mark. But the warning, guys, is ignored. Uh, No, no, no. Ben doesn't know what he's talking about. Preachers don't know what he's talking about. I'm not sure that's how you interpret this. All of these excuses, why? Because it seems to make sense. This is how I'm going to live. This is how we're going to survive. But we experience that today, guys. A great application for us is we experience the same thing when we are disobedient to the lord the lord tells us to do something the lord tells us in his word and we go no i think i'll do it my way instead i think i think I, i'll I, you know but but the bible says in second corinthians 6:14 don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers He says, What fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness? The Lord says, Don't be unequally yoked. And you know what we do? Well, I'm going into business with an unbeliever. Or, think about that. What about a dating relationship? I'm going to date because he's such a wonderful guy. Was he a believer? He's wonderful. I think he's a Christian. He prays for the food. No, no, no. no. Is he? Well, and, the, and, and, and guys, here's what we do. We tend to ignore because, because what we want. And then when things go south in our relationship, we blame God. God, I thought you were, like thought this is the one for me. and I can... It's like, no, he told you, don't be unequally yoked. Don't be unequally yoked. Let me let me just give it not a whole lot of single folks here, but if you are single, let me just say this. Listen, if you ever want to date and you ever want to get married, here's what here's my suggestion, okay? Run hard and fast after the Lord. And if you turn around and a girl's running with you and she's running hard fast, that's the one. Okay? Girls, if you're running hard, fast after the Lord, and he's running hard and fast after the Lord, that's the one. You go, wow, he's... I'm not saying your marriage will be perfect because Christian marriages aren't perfect, but it's going to be a lot better. But throughout Scripture, guys, on that same note and that same thought process, guys, there, there, are, there are hundreds of examples, guys, that we could use of what happens when we ignore... God and rebel and we do what we think is right. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, who's the first one that comes to mind? Samson and Delilah, right? Samson, you know, come on. Well, if you just, you know, I mean, no, you guys know the story. Oh, how about Lot and Sodom? Lot, don't go to Sodom. There he goes. You know, do you guys remember the story of Lot? What does he do? First, he pitched his tent towards Sodom. He's going to look at it. He's like, Yeah, that'd be fun over there. No, uh, no, Lot. There he goes. I think about Eve Eve with the forbidden fruit. Right? The Lord said, Don't touch that. Don't even, don't, don't, you know, stay away from that. Really? And the enemy comes, Did God really say, Well, You go, but Ben, what's the lesson for us? We need to trust the Lord that his ways are right and what he says is best and obey. That's really what we need to do. We need to trust that what he said in here, we need to trust it and obey. Obeyed. I want you to think about your tombstone for just a moment. Don't say that. A lot of say, rest in peace. A lot of say this and this and this and this. You know what? How about, how about your tombstone says, she obeyed God. He obeyed God. Wouldn't that be cool? They were just obedience. Your life would be characterized by obeying God. Not what we think is right. Not what we think is right. But here's the hope. Now, when we sin, we can come to the Lord in repentance and we can confess that sin. And the Bible says right now, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us. OK, guys, now now listen. When you got saved, guys, you got saved, God forgave you. He forgave your past, your present, and your future sins. But when we sin, we've broken the relationship with God, and we need to come and confess that and restore the relationship. And he's faithful. He says, I got you. I got you. You go, Ben, sometimes I do that three, four, five times a day. Then sometimes I do that three or four or five times an hour. Just keep running to God. He knows that. You know what? Never once, when you've run to him in sin... And you've confessed your sin to him and he goes, oh, oh, I didn't see that one. I I didn't think you were there. He knows every one of them. That's why he sent his son to die on the cross. And I keep running to him. You go, Ben, I've been walking with Jesus a long time. You keep running to him. Because here's what happens. The more you've walked with the Lord, the more he reveals your heart. And the more he reveals your heart, you realize the farther you are from him. God, I'm so far from you. I'm so far from you. Well, it goes on in Revelation 16. He says, then the second angel poured out his bowl. Oh, no. Where did he pour it, guys? On the sea. And it became as blood as of a dead man. And every, you guys see that? Every living creature in the sea died. Wow. Then a third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and the springs of the water, and they became blood. As these next two angels pour out their bowls, we see that earth's water supplies are done. They're infected. The waters turn to blood. Blood. And you think about this. It's, I mean, it said every living creature. Now, they've already been hit. One-third of the ocean has already been hit. You go, what does that mean? That means you can't go to Red Lobster anymore. Okay, they've shut down because there's, no there's no more seafood. Now, every sea creature, everyone. You ever have a goldfish? Anybody ever have a goldfish? Growing up, yeah. What happens when that goldfish dies? Bloop. And what does he do? I mean, if you don't clean him out, right, your tank starts to stay. Guys, think, I'm, the point I'm trying to make is think about the world and what it's going to smell like when this bowl is poured out. Well, that's okay, bro. I don't, I don't dig the ocean anyway. I'm going to go live in the mountains. He just said, guys, every, all the rivers, every, everything, Blood. Blood. Now, consider this. Oceans occupy three-fourths of the earth's surface. You can imagine the extent of this judgment. Now, the rivers? Guys, think about this. In your mind, picture a globe, or maybe you have one at home. Think about a globe, okay? Everything that's blue in the globe is now going to be red. Okay? Fish is gone. But not only the fish, here's what I want you to see. What, what do our cattle eat? Grass and water, right? So, so they're dead. Okay? You go, what was the point? Here's the point, guys. All of the food supply and the production of oxygen is going to be diminished. Just on these three bowls right here. Tell me. Tell me what you would do in that situation. I don't know how people are going to live. Listen, there's a show on TV called Doomsday Preppers, and they're going to prep for doomsday, and they've got, they've got a plan, and, and, and amen. But when I see this, and I'm thinking, listen, think about this. These devastating effects, are, I mean, it's, this is planet Earth. This is not just the United States. This is not Lubbock, Texas. But you think about food shortages right there. Okay, right now, right now, you guys know this, you guys know this, maybe it happens in Dallas, but if there's something happening, or, they, or I don't even know how these rumors get started, but next thing you know, the shelves are empty at the store. All the weatherman has to y- say is accumulation, right Mike? We're at the grocery store, man, we're going to be shut down, we're going to be in there, as accumulation, there's a bunch of snow, and we go buy food. You realize that, that right now, every supermarket in Lubbock, Texas can handle about, they're, they're, they're stocked to about 20,000 people. What happens to the other 210,000 people that live in Lubbock? Distribution shut down. McLean shut down. All the, all the, I mean, this is nuts. This is nuts. Pollutants, think about that. You talk about wearing masks. We'll have to wear pollutant masks because of the stench. Guys, think about the drought. Just thinking about it is making you thirsty right now. You're like, like, I want water. I have some right here. Check it out. Guys, what do you think the number one thing people are going to say during this time? if god is love right or how could a god of love do these things well i mean guys the question is answered by the angel here in verse 5 and 6 see the angel is quick to defend god's righteousness why because he they have the shed blood of the saints and the prophets let's Let's take a look, okay? So, before we do, think about these bowls. They're poured out. Angel, water breaks. I mean, and, and here he comes after, after over the water, he pours out all the stuff, the devastation, he breaks into praise. Look at verse five. He says, And I heard an angel of the water saying, You are righteous, O Lord, the one who is and the one who is to come, because you have judged these things, for they have shed, who did? They have shed the blood of saints and prophets. You've given them blood to drink. For is their just due, and I heard another from the altar saying, "Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments." Wow, guys, this is amazing. This is amazing. I mean, think about what's going on here. This this indicates it seems to indicate that angels are not only assigned to people, but perhaps to areas. It says the water angel, the angel of the water, right? the oceans the streams and they're going this is this is why they they killed your saints and your prophets it would seem to indicate guys in the text that the lord here is avenging the blood of all the martyrs throughout history i think of isaiah isaiah was 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 Son in two. too i think of peter you know history tells us that peter was crucified upside down and a lot of the a lot of the disciples but we're talking about the prophets and the martyrs and and this blesses me you go why does this bless you because such a help as i go through this life and as i walk through this journey because those who are in heaven and those who are before the lord the angels the four living creatures, the 24 elders, the saints, they all have the same perspective. What's that? God, you are, what? Just and true. Your ways are true and righteous and your judgment, O oh Lord. Wow. This is the Lord, right? This is amazing. I think about it. Think about it again what he says, guys. He says, Lord, righteous, O oh Lord, the one who is and the one who is to be because you have judged these things you have shed for they have shed the blood of the saints and the prophets and because of that and it's like lord thank you so much thank you so much god is righteous guys his judgments are righteous and true it's right on here's what you need to you need to remember okay god is not like man okay his there is no darkness in him at all and when his judgments are this is it this is they're they're righteous and they're true and right after guys the ocean and the springs and the rivers and all that's going on in this world these angels break forth into praise but there's more to come look at verse 8 then the fourth angel poured out a bowl on the sun uh oh and the power was given him to scorch men with fire. And the men were scorched with great heat. And they blasphemed the name of God who had power over these plagues. And they did not repent nor give him glory. Guys, this is the fourth bowl. What does it do? The sun has given the power to scorch people. What does that mean? Now, there are many different ideas of what this is. But one sounds like it's like a, a a lot like a radiation burn, okay? So so think about that. Um, this might even be predicted in Malachi chapter four verse one. The fire may be given as a foretaste of their eternity. All I know is it's going in verse nine. Wow! I mean, think about what he said. He said, "And the men were scorched with great heat." If you happen to be cold natured and you want to stay behind, you'll be all right here. That's just a joke. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Because these men are not going to repent. They're going to blaspheme God. They're going to blaspheme God, guys. They didn't repent. They didn't say, Oh Lord, I am so, I'm so sorry. And this should really break our heart. This really should break our heart, guys. They blaspheme the name of God. How sad is that? It's interesting that those who turn their backs on the sun will be experiencing the burning of the sun. Then the fifth angel poured out its bowl on the throne of the beast and his kingdom became full of darkness. And they gnawed their, their tongues because of the pain. They blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, and they didn't repent of their deeds. Guys, this is the fifth bull. What is it? It's a darkened sky. It's blackened sky. This one brings total darkness. And I don't know, it sounds like this might be a preview of what hell is going to be like. Apparently, this is this darkness is so dark that it causes pain. Wow. Now, this bull is specifically targeted for the kingdom of his beast, of the beast, guys, and his kingdom becomes shrouded in darkness full of pain. Can you imagine getting the mark, worshiping the very image, and then realizing, oh, what a huge mistake? You go, well, what kind of pain is it? I don't know. I don't know if it's referring to emotional pain or maybe a deep depression that's brought on by the darkness. You guys understand. You guys understand? I mean, I, do, I just don't know. I know that there are, there are people who have SAD. They, they have seasonal acquired disorder. They, they need to have bright sunshine or else they, they get really depressed. I know that in places like Alaska, the suicide rate is up. I don't know if it's going to be an emotional pain. I don't know if it's going to be a physical pain that will result a, a, because of the darkness. I don't understand. I mean, what if you go mad? What if it is so dark? I mean, it's, it's going to result in pain. Or what if it's the combination, guys, of the pain resulting from, from those oozing boils, the burning of the sun, and then it's intensified by what? By the coldness, because if the sun is gone, And it's darkness, it's. I don't know. I don't know. But can I show you something here, guys? Notice the people who can barely speak because of the pain that overwhelms them still find it in their hearts to blaspheme God. Wow. So the Bible says this will be a total darkness with pain. And these people will begin to gnaw their tongues. You go, why? Because a lot of that would be pain deferment. You understand what pain deferment is, right? It's so painful you're trying to get your mind off the pain, and, it, and it's a pain deferment. They're gnawing their tongues. The fifth bowl is darkness. You guys grab that, right? It's so dark that it's painful. Our Jesus, <laughs> guys, our Jesus said that he is the light of the world. He says, yet men love darkness rather than light. So let me close. Let me close this, guys. It's, it's been a tough night. It's been a tough night. There are people in our lives today all around us that doesn't know Jesus, okay? They're religious. Uh, Many of them frequent church, but they don't know Jesus. And when I say that, I want you to go in your mind to John, where he said, John said, you must be born again, okay? That means born from above. That means there should be something that has transformed in your heart. But what God wants us to do is he's going to give us opportunities to share the good news. You see, God didn't save us just to save us. He saved us so that we can share the wonderful things he's done in our lives. The problem is, is that we, we get so defeated when we go to share the word of the Lord or we share our testimony or share, and people, well, I, I know that or, or I'm going to go to church. Well, I'm, I'm they're just... That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just I'm I'm trying to share. These are great opportunities. Listen to me. Let me let me tell you listen, if you guys would be just a steady stream. If you guys would be a steady stream with Jesus, can I just tell you the people who may be far from God right now will come to you when they're hurting. I'm telling you they won't come to you if you're up and down and sideways. You just need to be a steady stream. And then man, when when life gets hard, they'll text you, "Can we talk?" Oh, absolutely. Come on. The world has beat him down. Friends have beat him down. People have judged him. That's not what we're called to do. We're called to love him back to life. But the problem is is that we have to tell them the truth. Right? And a lot of times you don't want to tell them the truth because it'll hurt their feelings, but part of the truth is that, you know, faithful are the wounds of a friend. When you tell somebody the truth and you love them back to life and you say, I'm going to be here for you, this is what we need to do. But there's opportunities, guys. There's opportunities to tell the Lord. Guys, there's there's people in our lives that we need to pray for that are playing church. They're playing church. But then there are those... There are those who know Jesus, and it's time for us to sound the alarm and to wake up and to get busy for the Lord. How so? Let's be proactive. There's people in our family that we need to make a list and we need to pray for. There's people we need to tell the truth. We can do it in love. We don't have to offend them. We don't have to come full force and be like, you know. We know what's going to happen, guys. We've we've talked about five bold judgments right now. This is it. And the world is, is crazy. We want to see people saved. That's the heart of God. That's the heart of God. So what should we do? Pray, share, introduce them to Jesus. Hey, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let me tell you where we're at. Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you. Can I tell you one more thing? When people become Christians, don't expect them to be perfect. On Sunday, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk, it's one of the most quoted, judge not lest you be judged. That's the first verse in Matthew chapter 7. And it's right away, it's like, it's like, wait a minute, we're, we're not called to judge in, in that sense. We're not called to condemn people. But the problem is is that if they're not doing things exactly the way we think they should just lovingly guide them to the scriptures and the truth A new baby Christian is going to poop its diapers. It's the best way to say it. Some of us still poop our diapers. That's okay. Just love each other. Just love each other, love each other, love each other. That's what's going to make the difference in 2021. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your word tonight and your grace. Lord, I don't want to be here. Lord, I think of the Old Testament's God, where the prophets would prophesy future things and in in essence, Lord, we're prophesying you're prophesying what's going to happen in Revelation sixteen. Revelation fourteen. All all of Revelation, God. Lord, help us to repent. Cause I think about all of these people, Lord, in darkness and pain and boils and stench and pollutants and no food. And and I think Instead of running to you, they blaspheme you. And how about tonight, God, that we run to you while we still have an opportunity to seek you while you may be found? So, with every eye closed and every head bowed, maybe there's somebody here, maybe there's somebody watching online that hasn't given their lives to the Lord, they haven't fully surrendered. And they're listening and they're thinking, wow, that was heavy. It was a weighty text. But you can hear the voice of my Jesus calling you right now, saying it's time to come home. And with every eye closed and every head bowed, all you have to do is just lift up your hand and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I, I need to be right with God. And uh, respond to that call. I don't know if you're watching, maybe, maybe you're just scrolling through. I don't know, but but just just lift up your hand to the Lord, lift up your heart, and just ask him. And 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 cry out to him. He wants to save you. He wants to come in your life. He wants to forgive you of your sin. He, he followed you all the way to church. He followed you online. He's right there, man. He loves you. He's got the best plan for your life if you'll open up your heart and invite him inside. Love you guys. Have a great week. Let's finish up with one last worship song and then uh, Mel will dismiss us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.